Good morning, Reality Santa Barbara. Uh, we're coming to a close of 2020, the last Sunday in this unbelievable year of 2020. And uh, matter of fact, I've actually labeled this morning's message hindsight in 2020 because I want to be able to look back at 2020 and kind of measure where we stand as Christians, as believers. Uh, that phrase, hindsight is 2020, is the ability to look back with clear vision and kind of learn, or it's something that you're able to know now what you couldn't see then. And to kind of give you an example of hindsight 2020, because it's a phrase maybe not as used frequently now as it has been, but that phrase is just this idea of looking back like uh, I often look back at my teenage years. And in hindsight, with hindsight 2020, knowing a lot of decisions I made, a lot of bad decisions I made, uh, I think back and look, man, had I known Jesus, it would have saved me so much pain and sorrow. So I look back in hindsight, 2020, clear vision, one who uh, loves and knows Jesus and what he has done for me now, I look back and think, wow, what a difference my junior high and high school years could have been. But even as a believer, I look back five years in hindsight, as a believer, as a pastor, I made bad decisions, and with clear vision, I'm able to look back in hindsight and think, man, there was some blind side. There were some areas in my life that I needed to adjust um, for the purpose of being more fruitful as a believer. And so I kind of want to do the same thing this morning, the last Sunday of 2020. Let's look back in hindsight with kind of a clear mindset, what areas and what ways uh, could we make adjustments to be more fruitful for the kingdom? Where the rest of the world would look back at 2020 and say, man, we're just wanting to forget 2020 ever existed. And I'm sure some of you uh, who are tuning in are thinking, man, looking back, no, I'm trying to forget. And uh, as believers, I think it's important to look back and examine and reflect, uh, much like one would look back in a rearview mirror when you're parked at, uh, in the mall, Paseo, you're in a parking spot, you look in the mirror to make sure things are clear, you back up for the purpose of moving forward. And uh, we're not looking to look back to dwell on the past, we're looking back for the sake of, man, if we're looking for 2021 to be more fruitful, if we're looking for 2021 to be uh, different, and friends, let's just be honest, a lot of us are hoping 2021 is different. We're hoping that uh, the pandemic goes away. We're hoping that civil unrest goes away, but there's a high probability that it doesn't. And so as believers, it's important to look back, to make adjustments and think through where did we miss it? Where did we miss the mark? And um, I would highly encourage you to do this in a really intentional way. Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. 
maybe sometime this week, maybe as you hit the new year, you find a spot, go on a hike, seek God in a way where you're able to reflect and look back in hindsight and think to yourself, man, where did I miss where did I go wrong? Where did I find myself falling into old habits? How did this pandemic affect me? Uh, it's kind of interesting. How do you really, what kind of metric do you use to see where you kind of line up as far as your Christian walk or your fruitfulness? How does that measure? What do, you, what do you use as a measuring stick? And one that came to mind is the simplicity uh, that Jesus gave the answer to the Pharisees who were saying, uh, Jesus, tell us, out of all the commandments, what is the greatest? And you remember his answer? His, his answer was simply to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And second is to love others. So you could kind of break down the measurement um, of your Christian walk just in two areas. How was my relationship with Jesus in 2020? Uh, how was my devotional life? How was my prayer life? Like, relationally speaking, what did it look like? And was I killing it? Was it something that was just fruitful? Then that's awesome. But then second to that is how was I loving others in 2020? Uh, was I finding myself short? Was I finding myself uh, difficult in my marriage, difficult as a father, in loving others? That is a good measuring stick is how is it that you were loving the Lord and how was it in loving others? And in doing so, I really believe that it makes for uh, a greater season coming ahead. And again, this exercise is not for condemnation. It's not to shame you and like, man, woe unto me. Look at the 2020 was a horrible spiritual year for me. No, that's not the point. Uh, that would be from Satan. He wants to condemn you. He wants to shame you and guilt you. No, Jesus is wanting to um, forgive, restore, renew. That's what Jesus does. And so we reflect and look back for the purpose of moving forward and strategizing. That's kind of what I want to do is strategize for 2021. But before we do that, I really want to encourage you to think through the process of thinking in hindsight, what could I have learned? And that's only going to take um, you making space and a place for you to really meditate and examine uh, for the purpose, again, of not dwelling on the past, not looking into the rearview mirror to um, dwell on it, but to really think through strategically as I move forward into 2021, where did I drop the ball? And um, to think through the idea of being strategic in 2021, um, whenever I think strategy, whenever I think uh, spiritual battle, whenever I think of these types of things, I always think of King David, one of Israel's greatest strategists as a king, as um, a, a warrior. 
King David always had strategies, not because of his wisdom or not because of he was a great king or because he was a great warrior. It was because his direct connection and reflection and relationship with his God. That was game changer. When King David was connected with his king, it made him a better king. And so think about it. We, as God's children, if we're wanting to have a fruitful 2021, then we need to have a strategy and staying connected with him. And so the passage I chose this morning is out of Psalm 18, verses 1 through 6. Here we're going to kind of see uh, King David's strategy of what it looks like to be fruitful in a time. Think about it. King David, much like we are today, are surrounded by our enemies. He was often surrounded by his enemies, his enemies being uh, King Saul throwing spears and wanting to kill him. And a lot of the Psalms we read, we reflect him and his strategy and how he was able to overcome the overwhelming evil that was surrounding him. And so as we look at Psalm 18, let's go ahead and read it as we get started with verse 1. And this is what King David says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surrounded me. The floods of the ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. And in my distress, I called upon the Lord and I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. Let's pray. Father God, we want to take this scripture and we want to apply it to our lives. We want to conclude this year by beseeching, seeking you. Father God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, use this scripture to speak to us. Lord, your children, those who are in fear, those who are weary, those who feel beaten down. Lord, help us to have a strategy as we go into 2021. We want to do so with faith. We want to do so with purpose. And so I had asked that you would speak to us, speak to the depths of our souls as we cry out to you, Lord, as King David did. We're expecting to hear from you. So use me this morning. Speak to your people. We pray and trust in your holy name. All God's children said, amen. Amen, amen. Um, I really love this text. Uh, it's one of my go-tos, Psalm 18, verse 1, 2, 3, 4. Uh, they speak so much to um, me as a father as a child of God, as a husband. Uh, I'm hoping that this morning, this scripture does the same to you. 
speaks to the core of who you are, to your soul, to help you as you look in hindsight, looking back at 2020, where did I drop the ball? Where did things get in the way of my relationship with God and my relationship with others? Well, Psalm 118, or excuse me, Psalm, 1, <coughs> Psalm 18 is going to help, help us with that. And starting with verse 1, I, I love how King David just says, I love you, O Lord. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Listen, the wording that King David uses here, and he uses it often, is one that we should all be encouraged in. He owns and possesses that idea of this is my God. You're my God. And uh, that might be something some of you need to hear this morning, returning back to your first love. Uh, it doesn't make much sense to move forward if God is not one who you call your God. Maybe on paper it's looked good. Maybe you've heard it and you thought, oh, yeah, okay, I probably need God. But for King David, this was something he possessed, this idea of God is not some distant being up in the stars. No, this was my God, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. This is an idea that it's not just an idea, but something he possessed. And I think that's one thing that we need to make clear as we move forward this morning. Is he your God? Possess it. Own it. Because the rest of this will make more sense as we move on and we look at David saying, he's my rock. He is my rock. In a time of craziness, everything seems to be um, chaotic, right? Now is the time to have a sure footing. Now is the time to be able to claim, man, in, in a time of where everything is shifting, sifting sand, sinking, everyone seems to be like, what's going on in this world? As believers, we need to be standing on the rock. And I like how uh, King David um, gives us this insight a little bit more in Psalm 40. I'm going to read it for us. He says this, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my foot on solid rock, and he established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our King, to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. And that is for those who stand on the rock. And he is the rock. And throughout the Old Testament and throughout uh, some of the Psalms, uh, King David often refers to our God as the rock, the rock who does not roll, the rock in whom which we uh, are able to um, really nestle into the cliff of the rock. That's where we get that old hymn that I love so much, rock of ages, cliff for me, let me hide myself in thee. 
It's such a good hymn because it's so biblical in its content, reminding us that there is a God who, who we can hide and, and nestle in and feel the protection of our mighty king. He is our rock, the one who we can have a firm foundation. In a world that seems unstable, we need to stable ourselves as believers. And we need to stand on the rock and we need to know about this fortress. King David says, you're my rock and my fortress. I, I like that idea of fortress because uh, a fortress kind of gives you this idea of a strategic place for safety. And uh, what comes to my mind is Lord of the Rings, Helm's Deep, right? Helm's Deep was a place that was strategically built. When things got crazy, that's where you would go. You would run there, and that's where you would go for safety. That is who God is. He is our rock, and he is our fortress, one who we can strategize. Think about it. Where is your fortress? Have you strategized where you can run and where you can really guard yourself from the information that, that our, uh, the internet has been feeding us, from the information of everybody's voices? Is there a strategic place that you can run and get into the fortress and the rock of who God is and hear from him and allow him to bring the safety and the peace of mind that is needed to be all that he wants us to be in this time of craziness. See, as believers, we, it, it's, listen, it's, it's hard not to be affected by the pandemic because it's affecting everybody. But in this time, this is all the more reason why as believers, we need to stand on a rock we need to be ones who run to the fortress and to safety so that we're clear-minded, so that we're able to love and be effective in this season, in this time. So we need to strategize of grabbing a hold of and making God our rock, our fortress, our deliverer. What does that mean to you? That God is our deliverer. He's delivered us from sin. He's delivered us from shame. He's delivered us out of the clutches of the enemy. He is our deliverer. He's delivered us out of oppression. He, by nature, is a deliverer. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that those who would believe would have everlasting life. We would now be a part of the kingdom of God for those who believe he's delivered us out of sin. He's delivered us out of darkness. Friends, is he your deliverer? Was 2020, did you sense him delivering you out of the miry clay? Were you standing on the rock, the fortress? <clears throat> Again, these are truths that we remind ourselves and preach ourselves to, not for the purpose of shame and guilt, but to sustain and build our hope. Not only is he our deliverer, but King David goes on to say, my God and my strength. 
See, we don't have to muster up the strength to get through this pandemic, muster up the strength to get through these difficulties. We nearly need to remember that he is our God and our strength because when we are weak, he is strong. Psalm 118.14 says the Lord is our strength. Our strength comes from God. And God makes that strength available through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is something that I needed to remind myself in doing this study, remembering like, man, this is not something I need to shoulder. I don't need to gather my children and my wife and shoulder them and weather the storm of the pandemic of 2020. No, this is something that I can lean on and trust in the strength of God. And I needed to hear that, and I'm hoping that there's someone today saying, I needed to hear that too, amen. He is our strength. He is our strength in whom we shall trust, is what he says later in the the scripture. He is our strength in whom we shall trust. God has made himself trustworthy. Think back and reflect, not just in 2020, but in beyond. God has always been faithful. He's worthy to be praised, worthy to trust, and worthy to call upon for our strength. But not only is our strength, he is our shield. He is our shield. I love Psalm 3.3. It's one that I've memorized early in my faith, and that is you, O God, are a shield about me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. That is a scripture you should memorize going into 2021. Don't think 2021 is going to get easier and get better. No, it might get harder. And all the more reason why we need to strategize to the strength, to the deliverer, calling out to the rock, to run to the fortress, because in this mindset, it's going to allow us to be more fruitful in 2021. And so this idea of being a shield, um, I I just love, especially when you couple it with strength, shield, and we're next going to look at the horn of our salvation, it leads me to turn to the book of Ephesians. Because in the book of Ephesians, we see Paul, the strategist, talking about how we need to arm ourselves in the armor of God. And in this season of pandemic, in this season of craziness, friends, We are a people who need to arm ourselves daily. Listen to how it reads in uh, Ephesians 6, chapter, chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all this, stand therefore, having girded your waist in the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, which 
you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end and persevering with supplication for all the saints. Friends, this is what we need. We need to arm ourselves in the armor of God daily. As we look in hindsight, I think to myself, man, there was times where I needed to arm myself and I was out in battle and, and I was basically in some chones. I wasn't doing it right. God wants us to do it right. He wants us to be effective for his kingdom and to be effective for his kingdom in this season, we need to arm ourselves. Finally, my brethren, be strong, not in yourself, but in the Lord and the power of his might, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. When we seek the power of the Holy Spirit, and we pray on the armor of God, friends, it makes a huge difference in our effectiveness of loving him and loving others. Think about that shield, putting out all those fiery darts. You got to believe that in this season, the enemy is coming with a full attack, and as believers, we can't buy into the ticky-tacky, fleshly uh, divisions because it's not about flesh and blood. It's about principalities. Our war is not against uh, flesh and blood, but it's about the authorities of darkness. And so this is one on our knees in prayer and supplication. This is one with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, this is a season where we need to find ourselves getting in the word of God, arming ourselves with the, with the spirit and the sword of the spirit because friends, this is how we become effective for the kingdom of God. Our shield and the helmet of salvation. As um, I, I love the way in the wording that that uh, King David says, the horn of salvation. The horn of salvation is um, this idea found in the Old Testament where uh, accused would run to cities of refuge and they would find the horn of salvation and they would hold on to the horn of salvation until those who were making the accusations, it was all settled. So if you were not guilty, you would run to the horn of salvation and you would wait and your case would be pleaded and then you would be forgiven, obviously, if you had done no wrong. As believers, New Testament believers, our horn of salvation is found at the foot of the cross. We cling to Christ and all that he has done because in doing so, we're reminded that we are saved. Daily reminders of our salvation constantly puts us in our proper place. Our posture is always that of a servant who has been saved. Yes, we are redeemed. Yes, we are children of God. But our firm foundation of salvation comes from Christ alone, Christ alone. And we need to remember this as we move forward into 2021 that, friends, at the end of the day, as crazy as things get, as gnarly as things will get, 
we're saved. We've been delivered out of darkness. Salvation should be a constant reminder of how blessed we are. It should be a constant reminder of how humble we should be. It's so good to remind ourselves of salvation. When you put on the helmet of salvation, you're literally blocking out the accusations and the lies of the enemy. And you're reminding yourself, no, I'm saved. Maybe yesterday you fell. Maybe yesterday you bought into lies. And so this morning, I'm reminding myself that I'm saved. That's not who I am. I'm a child of God. I've been saved out of the pit. And I've been called into a new life, a new life in Christ Jesus. And that is something that we need to constantly remember that he is the horn of salvation. And not only that, friends, he is our stronghold, our stronghold. Uh, The scripture that came to mind in regards to this is uh, Romans 8.37. Uh, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's our stronghold. And when we think about this power of salvation that we've been saved from ourselves for the purpose. What is the purpose? Why did God save us? He saved us to love him and to love others, to be about his kingdom, to expand the kingdom of God in loving him and loving others. And reminding ourselves of the salvation of the Lord helps us to get our eyes off ourselves and onto him and onto others. And it's so important to remember that this stronghold, this horn of salvation, this shield of faith is for the purpose of guarding us, protecting us so that we become effective for the kingdom. And it's so good to remember that no one could snatch you from the righteous right hand of God. He is our stronghold. He is our shield, our strength, our deliverer, our fortress, our rock. God is all that he claims he is. And as we read these scriptures, I hope this morning that you let this truth settle in your heart, mind, and soul. As we move on into the scripture, uh, I'm really excited about how King David kind of ends this scripture. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so I shall be saved from my enemies. The pains of death surround me. The floods of the ungodliness, they made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol, they were surrounding me. The snares of death, they confronted me. And in my distress, I called upon the Lord. And I cried out to my God, and he heard my voice from his holy temple. And I love this part. And he heard my cry when it came before him, even his ears. The ear of God who stands in heaven, who is perfect, who spoke the world into existence, and all that he does in sustaining life we still have an ear in the Holy of Holies when we cry out. 
That text is so potent. When King David says, I cried out and he heard my voice. When things got gnarly, when things, when I was surrounded by the ungodly friends in this world, the moral compass is broken. The ungodly are, I mean, it's just getting crazier and crazier. But as we're surrounded by all of this, we can't be afraid. We need to cry out all the more. All the more we cry out. As he cried out, I called upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. To generate in us praise. Praise and worship for all that he's done. Praise is putting God in that proper place of worship. It postures us when we praise and we call upon the Lord. Again, it puts you and I in the proper posture. One of praise, lifting up holy hands because of what he's done. Friends, find a spot where you're able to call upon the Lord for he is worthy to be praised. Maybe you're praising God in your car. Maybe you go into your closet, wherever that space is. For me, sometimes it's off-roading in the wilderness. I pull over and I'm looking at the trees and I'm calling upon the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. I sing a song in the shower because he's so good. Friends, this is a Christian essential that we need to stir up in this season where we've been challenged to gather as people, we need to find a spot where we can call upon him and praise him. And as he goes on to say, the sorrows of Sheol, they surround me. The snares of death confronted me, but yet in my distress, I called upon the Lord and I cried out to my God and he heard me. Friends, you gotta know that when we cry upon God, they're not empty words. He hears us. We have an ear. That is a crazy concept that God in heaven hears your cries. Um, as we come to a close, I, I, I really need to le read this last scripture um, in regards to calling upon the Lord. Um, it's one that's a um, pretty familiar text, but I really believe it's going to drive home this idea of us crying out upon the Lord. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11. And this is God speaking through the prophet to his people were, who were in similar situation as we are. Um, they were in captivity. <laughs> Things were pretty gnarly. And this is what the God of heaven spoke to his people. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go pray to me and I will listen to you. When you seek me, you will find me. When you search for me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all nations. Friends, God is wanting to gather, deliver, 
and hold you in his righteous right arm. He wants you to run to the fortress. He wants you to stand on the rock. He wants you to cry out because God is wanting to give us peace in this season. He's wanting to give us hope in this season. He is wanting to establish the future that we have. Friends, this comes when we cry out with our whole heart. That's what he says to his people. When you cry out to me with your whole heart, when you search me with your whole heart. This morning, if you need to mark in your calendar a moment where you look in hindsight and kind of reflect and meditate, where did 2020 go wrong? Where can I strategize for 2021? How can I cry out? Where do I need to repent? There's a lot this morning. But one thing that we can't miss is that we have a God in heaven who wants to hear our cries. He wants to hear from you. And I want to encourage you to do so because 2021 is probably going to get crazier. And in this season, as God's people, it's all the more reason we need to be in our A game. We're going to fail him. We're going we're, we're, we're to bite the dust here and there. But we can't find ourselves in habitual sin. We can't find ourselves on the sidelines. We can't find ourselves in a place where we feel stuck. We got to call out. We got to cry out. We got to remember that he is the rock of our salvation. He is all that King David said he is here. We need to own it. This is a season where you need to start saying, my God, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. God is wanting to hear from you. He's wanting to establish in you peace, hope, and a future. And 2021 can be that. Even though practically things are getting nuttier, we can be all that he called us to be. There's a reason why we're still here. There's a reason why God has not taken us into heaven. We're still breathing air because he wants to use you and me. And we become more effective when we strategize and get more in tune with our king. No longer our way, but his way. Not my way, but Yahweh. God bless you guys. Uh, have a wonderful new year. I hope you really take the time to press in, meditate, look back in hindsight, dialogue, repent, get right, and watch and see what the Lord will do through you and me. Let's do this together, Reality Santa Barbara, because Santa Barbara is in great need to see what happens when a child of God will humble himself to love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, and soul. They will start to feel the repercussions of that because then you will be loving them as he's called you to love. I really believe that. Father God, use this message this morning to draw your people into a place of healing, a place of being replenished in this crazy season. Lord, some of us have failed, and I pray that you would lift us up now, that your scriptures would speak to the depths of who we are, and that it would stir in us all that is needed 
Lord, give us eyes to see where we have failed. Give us eyes to see where we can succeed. Lord, give us the strategy. Holy Spirit, move amongst us. We love you. We need you. Thank you for making yourself available. Thank you for giving us the ear that we can cry out to. We love you. We pray in your precious name. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you.